Welcome into the Bear Down Podcast. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdal. You can listen to our show weeknights at 6 right here on ESPN 1000. On today's episode of the Bear Down Podcast, we get to talk to one of our favorites, Dion Miller from ABC7 and ESPN 1000. She's on the pregame coverage of Bears football here on ESPN 1000 with Jeff Meller, Dion, and Jeff. So you hear her before every Bears game. And also, you can hear Dion with Peggy, Peggy Kaczynski. Peggy and Dion Saturdays on ESPN 1000. We started the conversation, Adam, talking about this Bears team, recapping the offseason and looking ahead in a new chapter of Bears football. Oh, gosh, you guys, I looked at that schedule probably four times, and I kept wanting to find more than four wins, and I couldn't. And I know that it's early, and I know that there is, once we get to training camps, we'll see kind of more what the rest of the league looks like. But as far as what the Bears are coming to the table with, I don't, I feel like this is a full on rebuild. They have so many needs. And I, I liked Ryan Pohl's approach to the draft because I felt like he could have led with his heart. I think his heart is in the trenches with the offensive line. And I think both he and Ian Cunningham view victory from an offensive lineman's standpoint. And they didn't go that way because they they recognize where they're at as a franchise and the things that they need down the road. They took what they thought were the best guys. They didn't reach too far. They made, I felt like, smart moves in the draft that told us a lot about the way that they're approaching this and they're recognizing the needs that they have. And I, I want the Bears to be competitive this year. I see that happening towards the end of next year in, in all reality, just based on what they're bringing to the table and how many holes they still have. I mean, we're, we're what, two, two and a half months before training camp, and I still am like, okay, well, are, how are they going to fill out the roster? I mean, it just doesn't feel like a complete team at this point, and knowing the, the, so much work that is ahead, I feel like they're just, they're just not there yet. See, we're complete opposites then because I definitely see like seven to eight wins. And you know? Where? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see, two against the Lions, the Texans, the Jets, the Giants. My point is this, right? When you look at so it what, as far that's as... that's five right off the bat, right? Yeah, and no, then I, I think, I always okay, figured that they split with the, the Vikings every single year, so let's, that's one against the Vikings. So that's six. That's six right there, and then I'm, I don't have the schedule up right in front of me. I'm being a bad Well, a bad well we were right talking now. last week, Dion, that the, the Atlanta game, that's not going to be a very good team. So, so yeah. that's, oh, yeah, that's no. where you, you get into the conversation of maybe seven... And then Washington, will Washington be a good good team? Carson Wentz is their quarterback. That's, Plus it's a short week, you're at home. Like now that me. the schedule's out when you look at it. And also, I look at it and how many top ten quarterbacks do they face this year? Like Aaron Rodgers twice and Josh Allen. Yeah. That's it. No, you're right. So if, you're if, right. if, if I Justin Fields that, yeah. is it takes that next like this is all uh, predicated on Justin Fields progressing, right? So if yeah, Justin Fields is playing better. They should be competitive, and I don't necessarily mean for, like, a division title or for the playoffs. I just mean don't get blown out in games, and maybe you win a couple games by a field goal. As long as you're in games, you should be able to squeak out six or seven wins. Like, they won six games last year, and they should be better than they were last year. I want to agree with you. Maybe I've, how have I become this person that's, like, so negative? <laughs> I am a glass-full-and-overflowing kind of girl, and I— I usually come into the season thinking, oh, my gosh, they're going to get it all together. They're going to go to the playoffs. Like, that's always how I think. And I don't know if it's just that the last couple of seasons I've been so disappointed with with that energy and being that excited and then realizing the reality of what's going on in front of us. I mean, I don't remember a time except this last year where I was watching the postseason 
and thinking, I don't know what game they're playing, but the Bears don't play that way. And, and that's what makes me feel like they're so far away, right? Like they just don't have the talent to compete at the highest levels. And I, I feel like the Jets are a better team. The Giants, yes, they can beat. I truly believe that. But the Lions have improved a lot. The Dolphins are not the same disarray they were a year ago. I just feel like there are teams that are, that are going to take that next step, and the Bears are going to take a smaller step just because of all of the turnover that they have. Dion, when you look at the pairing of Luke Getze coming down from Green Bay to, to be the guy who's the, the voice in Justin Fields' headset on game day and, and within the game planning uh, meetings throughout the week and being the offensive voice, how do you see that pairing working out with what Getze was able to do up in Green Bay? Well, I mean, I would love to hear Aaron Rodgers say that they are not the same offense since Luke, Luke Getzey left, <laughs> right? Like, didn't we wait for somebody from Kansas City to say that about Matt Nagy? Like, oh, my gosh, Patrick Mahomes isn't the same without Nagy. That never happened. But I feel like Luke Getzey had a, had a, a stronger um, confidence in that offense and, and what he was able to kind of glean from that. And he comes in with a different mindset. I, I do feel like... He's been waiting for this moment. He's been preparing for it. And he's anxious to prove that he belongs in this role that he was not allotted in Green Bay. And I think there's an energy to that. And I, I liked what he said about the way him and Justin are already reacting in the or, or interacting here in the offseason, that they are just they're getting along well. Justin is proving he wants to put in the work. They're trying to find that sync between the two of them and just how he understands just how important that is for the quarterback and the offensive coordinator, the guy calling the plays to be in like one voice together. I would love to hear by week six, week, even week five or six that Justin's starting to be ahead of me before I call the play. He already is like, yep, I know that's what we're going to call next. I just would love to feel like they're that in sync. I feel like it's going to be a good combination for him. And I do feel as great as the experience was for Justin last year. I feel like this is a clean slate for him and he kind of needs that to, to be the quarterback he wants to be. He's never lost ever like last year, like never before. And so even for him just to kind of navigate that as a rookie and now coming back with a little more confidence, a little more swagger, I guess, to know that he belongs in the league and he has a guy on his side in the headset and moving forward that way. I think it's going to, I think that can be that that'll be the relationship that tells the story of the bears. Well, not only that, he's having a real off season because yeah, last correct. year, was just ass backwards. Like, him not getting first-team reps, <laughs> him and Mooney hanging out, like, afterwards, and, like, Allen Robinson not wanting to be a part of it. Now you've got a head, like, a, not a head coach, but an offensive coordinator who's coming in and saying, hey, what do you do well? Let's let's yeah. focus on that, as opposed to, this is our offense, you better learn it, because that's what we're running, whether you like it or not. Which is kind of what it felt like with Matt Nagy. No matter which quarterback mm-hmm. was in the game, it, it, he just ran the same offense and was like, no, you can survive and adapt, not me. Right. Oh, my gosh. He was so stubborn about it, too. And I, I think that was what was so frustrating is that even as outsiders, I'm not going to talk anyone into thinking that I'm some sort of NFL guru on the inside. But just even as an observer on the outside, you could tell that what they were trying to force him to do was not working. And it didn't work with Mitch. It didn't work with Nick Foles. That was a swing and miss. Like, it just, there was some miscommunication there, and Nagy was so stubborn about it. Like, it's nice for Justin to come in and be like, all right, somebody's on my side right now. <laughs> like, they just want me to succeed. They, they want me to be the guy. I don't know that they're convinced yet, though, guys. Like, that's the one thing that has really struck me about Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, as they've, they told us from the beginning, we're going to look at this roster with no emotion, no emotional connection to it. And that, that's how they've, respond that that's exactly what they've done 
I mean, they have just kind of removed guys that they didn't have any connection to and they didn't feel they needed to keep around. And they're kind of building their group. And I like that. That makes me want to want to trust them quickly. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's, no, how, it that's does. how it and feels. It, that's a good thing, though, right? That they're not yes. th- that they're not fully invested. Like I want, obviously, they think he's good, and they wouldn't have taken the job yeah. if they didn't think that Justin Fields had a future here. But you could turn this into. I mean, look at the Browns and, and Baker Mayfield. Like he's good, yeah. but he's not gonna take you to a Super Bowl. You're not going to win a Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield unless it's like the most perfect condition ever. And maybe Justin Mm -hmm. Fields is that. Like, I think he's going to be great. But if he's not, you need to have guys that are willing to say like, okay, well, we just move. We'll draft someone else. We'll move on. We'll we'll find a different solution. I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing that they think that if he's not the guy that in a couple years, you might have to move on. No, I don't think that's bad either. I mean, there were a couple a couple of years ago at the combine. I remember talking to Ryan Pace about the fact that how how hard it is to recognize that the the draft picks you've made and the roster you've built isn't working, and the emotional connection you have to that. How hard it is to then say, okay, I have to let this person go. And and he admitted that's difficult. Obviously, it's difficult. You take a lot of pride in the work that you're doing, and you think that you're doing it the right way, and to then put it on a field and have it be a disaster has to be very humbling and very hard to admit that you put it together and it's, and it's broken. And so having this fresh set of eyes on the roster is a good thing. It is a good thing. And I, I'm still a little leery of the fact that they led defense in the draft and that they, they didn't lead with surrounding Justin Fields. But I also think they recognize where they're at as a team. And maybe Darnell Mooney can be a 1A receiver enough to get them through this season and then see what they actually have and how they build from there. I think that's truly what they're going to try to do. And and I, I don't hate it. I don't hate the idea, especially based on what where I feel like they're going to end up in the division. I, I feel as if uh, Ryan Poles, being an offensive uh, my or offensive line, a former offensive lineman. Uh, and, and being a, a talent evaluator, saw this situation, says, I have a young quarterback, I have to protect my quarterback, and that's what I need to fix first before I get yeah. him weapons. Dan, how do you think the the offensive line is going to shape up as we head towards training camp? I There are questions at almost every single spot across the, yeah. the five on the offensive line, and, and they go out and they spend multiple draft picks, but they, they're drafting guys from the fifth round and later uh, mm-hmm. you know, which to me is just bodies or lottery tickets. Like if you, if you nail, if you hit one of those picks, a six rounder, he becomes a, a multi-year starter for you. That that's just, that's great for the team, but that's not yeah. a guarantee. How, how do you think the yeah. offensive line shapes up? It, I mean, that is, I think the biggest question mark as we head towards even off season workouts and in towards training camp that is where they have the biggest questions because of the fact that they did load up late in the draft. I don't hate the fact that they did that. I don't hate the guys that they brought in. Like you bring in a Doug Kramer, like he's going to work his butt off to make this team and to be like relevant and to be a participant, a regular participant. But that Justin has to be able to trust that front five and they have to make them stronger because they haven't been. And it's a big question mark, but I trust polls and Cunningham because of their history, because that's where they see the field from and they can, they can kind of tell who's going to make their way up. I mean, I feel like as guys who were kind of 
kind of, not over, I guess, overlooked in the NFL, right? Like they were kind of the forgotten guys. They tried and they didn't, they weren't like the shining stars and they were offensive linemen. I feel like they can, they have a place in their heart for those guys and they're going to try to set them up for success. And, and I feel that as training camp unfolds, we're going to see that group come together in a new way with new coach and new voices. And, and I think they, they can be, I guess, reasonable. I, I, I guess that's the best word for it. They, they have to be. They have to give Justin time to do what he needs to do, and he needs to be able to trust them. It, it's, to me, the biggest question mark as they head towards training camp, what will that look like? To me, the second question mark, obviously, because we're spending most of the time on Justin Fields and the offense, because that's the most important position on the field. But you have a head coach that's defensive minded. You've lost yeah. two key defensive players on this team uh, in Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack. And you added a ton of defense in, in prime draft spots to the to that side of the ball. Mm-hmm. What is this new defense going to look like? And are they I'm not saying they need to be te- top 10 but are they going to be able to keep these guys in games given the schedule? Like I, like we mentioned earlier, you don't really play that great of quarterbacks. You should Mm-mm. be able to be in games if your defense is decent. You should be. I, I like that Eberflus has that mindset. I like that he brought in a defensive coordinator that he knows and that ha- he has a relationship with, and they can kind of think the same way. I like the picks that he made the first two that they, that they brought in, in, in Kyle, Kyler Gordon and uh, what Kwani B. That's all I want to call it. Kwani B. Uh, yeah. Brisker. Like I, I like those guys mostly because before we got towards the draft, even before the combine, those were higher draft picks that didn't necessarily, no one necessarily saw falling to the bears where they did. And so I think that there is potential there. I think they're both, unique individuals, unique personalities that are going to be really driven and, and they fill an immediate need. These are guys that can step in and fill an immediate need and have that drive to do so. I like how that sets up. There are still, I mean, again, more questions just because they have so many holes across across the whole roster and they lost so many big pieces. At the same time, you look at Robert Quinn and you hope that he has the same kind of season that he had last year or at least some semblance of it. He's a year older, but he's also got more confidence and more himself knowing he can do what he was brought here to do. He didn't do it his first season, but he was able to last year and and has to feel good about that coming back and being a leader and showing some of these guys what it takes to play in the NFL. And and I just have a deeper appreciation for him and everything that he's been through. I think that he values this opportunity more because of that. And now he's, he's the spotlight is on him, right? Not on a Khalil Mack who's in the corner. It's, It's him. He's, He's going to be that leader defensively. Same with Roquan. Like they're going to have to take that next step. And I, I feel like they're ready to do that and, and they're going to be committed to doing it. Dion, you host the pregame show here on ESPN 1000 with Jeff Meller. And, and I listened to you guys before each and every Bears game last season. And, and I, I think looking back, what was the biggest uh, issue defensively last year? Like, I, I don't know if I can place one specific thing that was the Bears' defense and in, in their biggest problem last season. Well, they didn't take the ball away enough, that's for sure. And they didn't, they were not scaring any opposing quarterback ever, right? Like, they were never, no quarterback looked out there and was like, wow, I can't target this. DB or whatever that never happened and and I felt like Eddie Jackson was not himself the whole season he was just I don't even know what was going on and 
I, I definitely want to caution myself to be too judgmental because after I reading you know, Tariq Cohen's letter to his younger self and all this, like I know sure. that these guys have a lot of other things going on. So I want to be sensitive to that. But I also feel like there just there wasn't this. They they didn't scare anybody. I think that there's it's hard to pinpoint one thing that was that was missing, but the takeaways, the running to the ball, the the intensity that we're so used to seeing from a Bears defense simply wasn't there. And I appreciate Iberflus coming in with his coach speak about we're gonna put on our track shoes and we we're gonna hits. run and we're gonna chase the ball. <laughs> we're gonna but be they, an effort team. Who isn't right. an effort team? Who's an isn't an effort team? team. <laughs> Who is it? Like, who's not trying? Like, I don't get it. Well, Dan, anyway. it's like the three of us, right? We're, we're trying to be effort-based radio hosts. That's yeah. a, we we're bringing, at least, if we can't do anything else, at least we have the effort covered. We're here. We're trying. We are efforting. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, but no, I, I mean, I just, I, I appreciate that he wants to make, to have them have that chase the ball mentality. Like, if the ball is, on, we don't take a minute off. And I did feel like last year, they just seemed lackadaisical at times. And and they weren't together as a team, right? I don't feel like I felt like Roquan stood out. Robert Quinn obviously stood out, but as a unit, there was not this. Wow, that was a game where they really shut somebody down. That just never happened, and and that is uncharacteristic for a Bears defense. We we said for at least three seasons, it was like okay, well the offense is a work in progress, but at least we have a defense. Well, that wasn't there last year, so. I, I do. It, it's hard to pinpoint what was missing, but I, I think we'll notice quickly if it's been replaced. If that I, makes sense. I think it was depth, because yeah, as soon as someone that. got hurt, like Akeem Hicks goes down, and you're like, well, now they can just run all over us because mm-hmm. no one, Eddie Goldman's not there. He, they can't stop the run. You know, Akeem Hicks right. is is playing at a fraction of himself, and you're like, okay, well, that's all. And and you know, even Eddie Jackson, as bad of a season as he had, his replacement was even worse. Like there's no there was no depth on that defense. And they just it seemed like from when they had that historic defense where they set the record for takeaways and like they were playing out of their mind and the ball was literally bouncing into their hands at certain points and then running in for touchdowns that they just never had the depth on that side of the ball that if someone got hurt they're screwed. Like Eddie Jackson goes down and you've got like Tease Tabor out there and you're like, who is this guy? And like, you have no idea who these guys are. And yeah, you're like, Eddie Jackson is bad, but like, please bring back Eddie Jackson because there's nothing, these guys can't stop anybody. So to me, it's like, that's what Ryan Poles did is like, he's like, I got to get more draft picks because there's no depth on this team whatsoever. And they just got old. And now they're, you're suffering because of that. I totally agree with you. I mean, I feel like a couple of seasons ago when Akeem was injured, man, he was injured a lot the last three, four years, mm-hmm. right? But I felt like when he was gone, it was so noticeable. And I think he took a lot of pride in that, that when he would come back, it was, it was, a, it was a threat. And then last year, there, you're right, there was no one behind him. But I just this minute, bringing up the depth chart defensively, and I look at this and I'm like, wait, what? Who, who are these guys, right? Like Kyrus Tonga, we, we know his name, but... What? Justin Jones, Nicholas Morrow, Matthew Adams, and then obviously the rookies. It's just, it's, there's a lot of question marks. I guess it's, it's going to be a work in progress, which again brings me back around to saying, I just don't see them winning a lot of games. I don't. Is this a make or break year for Cole Komet? Wow, he does need to take a step. I think it, it's very telling that he spent a time this offseason working with Justin. He needs to take, he needs to jump off the field, especially with when him with him being the guy being the starter he has to he has to find a way 
to make his presence known as a defender and as a as a catch as a receiver and and to be scoring touchdowns. He he has to jump off the field. I I think it is. I really do. I don't think that this new regime is going to have a lot of patience for um, someone coming along and still developing. This is his time. You know, this time he's had a chance to adjust. It's now time. Sure, and and Dion, like the one thing, like if we brought that up on a show, you know how you, you'll get feedback from listeners who'll be like, "Yeah, but but this player didn't start performing until this age, right?" And I feel like right. whenever we bring up Cole Komet, there there are actually a few of the top level tight ends like Travis Kelsey or um, or any just name any of the the top level tight ends uh waller i think is another one kittle like those guys actually didn't start performing to the level that they did until their third or fourth year in the nfl so like it's weird i agree with you dion that we need to see more but then Mm -hmm. the listeners will respond be like yeah but look at all these different examples of players who year three year four eventually they started to develop and maybe it's just something about that position the tight end position that it takes a little time. I, I just don't know, and, and we've discussed it th- throughout uh, nights on the show, that like I just haven't seen the reliability from Cole Komet to be that guy, no. to be that safety valve for the quarterback. No, agreed. I don't, wanna, I don't have patience for that, and I don't think a lot, of, a lot of fans should either. This is a position that they have, man, what was it, two or three seasons ago where that tight end room was so loaded, and they still couldn't utilize the position they couldn't take advantage of anything and I feel like Cole needs to be a weapon because Justin doesn't have that many so so this has to be a season where he is able to be utilized in a way that helps the offense and makes a difference and I don't know that I have I have personally have time to like wait for him to develop and I want him to succeed gosh a local kid made good how do you not want that to work out but it's just hard to have the patience for it when you know he he has the ability or was drafted on that ability and was drafted highly on that ability and I think this current regime believes in him or is at least going to give him that chance like show up a little bit I'm not asking him to lead the league I'm just asking him to be relevant to this offense moving forward that and they where they need guys like that they they definitely do you mentioned him working out with justin fields isn't it to the point now where like it's news if guys aren't working out together <laughs> in the offseason like i know aaron Rodgers can get away with it because he's kind of a bag but like and he doesn't want to hang out with people in the offseason <laughs> right. but like if these guys aren't working out with justin fields in the offseason like then uh, that's news to me like if they're all getting together and cole Komet's like nah not for me then then i, I want to hear that news yeah yes Oh, agreed. But didn't he go to like tight end U? Didn't he work yeah, out with like did, the best did, tight yeah. ends in the in league? So so now to be putting in the work with his own quarterback and trying to build that chemistry, I yeah. feel like it's it's important to note, especially if, once we see what it looks like in action on the field. I think it's important to note. But you're right; it would be much bigger headline if he was like, "No thanks, I'm well, not." Like even we made try. a. Bi- I remember one year we made a big deal that like. Trubisky was buried in the playbook during the bye week. It's like, oh, what the hell else are you Gross. doing? This is well, your job. You. Like, what, your job. What are you supposed? Oh, you're supposed God. to be buried in the playbook. You're not good enough to what? take two weeks off. No, he wasn't good enough to take any time off at all. Oh you, my gosh! You can watch Dion ABC Seven on on the news, and you can also listen to Dion on ESPN One Thousand. Follow her on Twitter at dmillerabc Seven. Uh, check out Dion uh, with Peggy, Peggy and Dion on Saturdays here on ESPN One Thousand. Also, when we get to the fall for Bears pregame shows, Jeff Meller and Dion Miller will have your pregame coverage right here on ESPN One Thousand. Dion, it was fantastic to talk to you today. 
You guys, that was a lot. That's a lot of Dion. That might be too much. But thank you <laughs> for the plug. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Dion. Thanks, Dion.